All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Delivered by DoorDash. Welcome to episode 131 of the DFO Rundown. I'm Jason Greger alongside Frank Saravalli. And uh, what has become a very interesting second round of the NHL playoffs. Uh, lots of surprises. We've got injuries that are impacting series. We got a potential sweep that uh, I don't think many people saw coming. Uh, uh, we've got uh, Connor McDavid, uh, Leon Dreisidel, uh absolutely torching the uh, Calgary Flames. So, uh, Frank, uh, do you want to start? Why don't we start in, uh, in Florida and Tampa? H- how surprised are you? The Panthers are basically on life support after three games. I would say surprised in that it's only been three games. I mean, remember Daryl Sutter saying waste of eight days for whoever played the abs. This could be a waste of seven. I mean, that's how quickly this is playing out for the Panthers who are staring down elimination on back-to-back nights after losing game three. And I think it's more the style like we we remember jay we had questions like hey can the panthers translate their game to the playoffs well they've got three goals in three games this series like not a recipe for success and the power play struggled but it's kind of found itself a little bit on sunday and i don't know i just are they just running into vasilevsky being vasilevsky i i think it's more than that i just think the panthers have really struggled 
Oh, well, their offense, you could put an APB out for for the vast majority of their offensive players. And when when that's part of your makeup all season long, they're the highest scoring team in the league. You you can't just say, well, Kate, now we're going to win two one games. Well, you didn't win two one games all season long. That wasn't that wasn't your model. You you won by outscoring the opposition consistently and they haven't been able to do it. Obviously, they had. You know, a complete meltdown in the final 15 seconds of game two. And, uh, you know, I don't think you can come back from that. You tie that game, anything happens. And now they kind of got spanked in in game three. Ends up being, I know there's some empty net goals and everything, but still, um, I I look at them and, you know, maybe they can get a win here, but I just, I can't see them winning four straight against Tampa Bay Lightning. I just like of all the teams, it's like Tampa hasn't lost two straight, Frank. In, in this is their third playoff year. How the hell are they going to uh, beat them four in a row? I've covered uh, one of the three teams in NHL history that came back from a 3 nothing deficit, and it was the Flyers in 2010. I, I just, I don't see it. Every game in that series was close. The Flyers probably could have won any of those first three games, and they didn't. And that that's not really the same for the Panthers. So, um you know, whether they prolong it one game, two games, whatever it is, the Panthers are going to have a lot of questions to answer for themselves this offseason. Yeah, the Panthers, they kind of remind me a little bit of 2019 Lightning, right? Like maybe maybe they had to have a, a tough loss. Now, they've never won anything in the playoffs, right, at all. So I, I wonder if inexperienced, because even when they beat Washington, Frank, like they didn't, they just didn't look like the dominant team they were in the regular season. Yeah, but the, did the Lightning in 2019 load up with pending UFAs? Oh, fair point. I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't like. I don't really see the correlation. Like they they had a, an unbelievable regular season, not you know not one of the best regular seasons of all time, but certainly their offense and the way they produced was mm-hmm. the top offense in the salary cap era. I can't believe we saw a team that averaged more than four goals a game in the regular season. And yet you look at their offense, this series, three, three games, three goals. It just, it does not compute. No, it, uh, it is, it is very strange. There's no question about it. It's, it's been the biggest surprise to me of all the playoffs is how they're just their inability to produce offense. And it's, it's cost them. I I think they're done. Honestly, I I think they're done. Not that that's a real bold statement. It's captain obvious statement when you're down three, nothing, but uh, sorry, Panthers fans. Uh, I think the Lightning are going to get to the conference final again. Now, who they face, so Frank? Wait, wait a second. Here, here's what's the scariest part, Jay, is the Lightning have done this without Braden Point. Yeah. Vasilevsky is like Con Smythe Vasilevsky again. And they're going to have rest. A team that's played so many playoff games, if they can close it out soon, it's oh, going to yeah. have some time while the Hurricanes can't get their stuff together on the road which by definition means it's going to be a long series. Uh, it's the other, the other end of it's going to be fascinating. I, I'd have to think that whoever the lightning play, if you know, provided they advance to the final are going to be an overwhelming favorite in round three. Well, and the funny thing is the Rangers could easily be up two to one in that series. They easily could have won. Capo Caco had game one on a stick with six minutes to go and missed it. And um, you know what? It, it's right about uh, Carolina. What do you make of uh, you don't see head coaches really get after opposing players very often, but uh, Gerard Gallant wasn't very happy. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. I, I like Tony D is the villain we all need. 
in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He's gone after everyone, Boston media, Bruins players, now Rangers. Like he he's, you know, he hasn't been quite as good this series as he was in the first round, but you know, I love that he's in the mix on everything. Well, he's competitive, right? Like he, like Caroline at times to me has like, they're just, they're so consistent that I know that should never be a, a negative for a team, but I just, I, I think they could use a little emotion every, every now and then. And so it gets that team fired up because, you know, even, even last game, like you, you look at that, you know, Shesterkin lets in a goal that he just usually would never let in. And, and that was the only reason that the game was even that close. I thought like, I will say this though, Frank, of all the playoff games, that I was watching it with my eight-year-old son and uh, we're sitting there and after about a period, he's like, dad, there's nothing happening. Can we change channels? Like it was, he, and he's hockey. true. That's why. Yeah. It was, it was very uneventful game three. Well, we- I, you know, what's funny though. And, and I'm not crit- like, I agree with you, but I think what kind of bothers me a little bit about the narrative with the hurricanes is everyone spend spends so much time talking about all the things they don't have. You know, they don't have a superstar. They don't have, you know, a tough guy that can play that game. But they're a darn good team. And, oh, yeah. And I, I just think with their identity, they don't really stray from it all that often. It's odd the way that it's played out in the playoffs. The fact that they can't win on the road, they're going to have to figure that out. Six and oh at home, oh and four away from PNC Arena. It's it's not the pulled pork that's uh, that they're missing when they're away. I, I don't know what the answer is, but they desperately need to find a win at the Garden in Game Four just so that they can get that off their back and and stop answering questions or, or having us ask questions about why they can't win on the road. Well, they do have home ice advantage, even if they win against Tampa. So I guess technically, Frank, if, as long as they keep winning at home, then uh, in, you're right, though. It just makes life harder on them. But in theory, they could get to the uh, the cup final. But it's it's not the uh, most ideal way to go about it. Uh, you, wait, you mentioned sure. surprises too, Jay. Is anti-Ranta one of the surprises of the playoffs? Uh, you know what's funny? When you look at anti-Ranta's numbers, when he's able to stay healthy, he's a pretty good goalie, but usually it's health that derails him. So I, I guess to me, and this is going to sound, and I don't like saying this, but yeah, the surprise to me would be that Ranta stayed healthy. That would be the big surprise. Because when he, when, if right. you look at his numbers dating back to Arizona, when the guy was healthy, man, he could put together really good stretches of games. And then all of a sudden he, could, he would get injured. Right. But um, I, I think a little bit his play, but probably just the fact that he's playing all the time. That, that And that's a positive surprise to me. Yeah. I mean, he's handled and managed the workload just fine. And Freddie Anderson, interesting to see him on the trip. I think he's sort of been driving the Hurricanes a little bit crazy. Um, this injury and rehab has taken way longer than anyone would have imagined. I mean, just ask the Toronto Maple Leafs in years past that whenever he was injured, it would always take way longer than the team and doctors thought. And I think with the Canes, it's sort of been front and center. I think they've been trying to get him back. Um, and now he's seems like he's maybe finally getting a little bit closer. That maybe gives the Hurricanes a bit of an insurance policy in case Ranta does indeed go down at some point. 
Oh, well, yeah, that'd be huge if all of a sudden your starting goaltender can come back at some point in the playoffs. And, you know, if he plays well, well, that that's a huge boost for the uh, for the Hurricanes. And, you know, I'm intrigued by that series. I think obviously you mentioned the rest for Tampa. They have a chance to, to sweep and then get lots of rest. And, uh, you know, the Rangers and, and, Carol, and Carolina, like to me, that one, I could easily see that series going seven uh, yeah. easily. And uh, that would probably benefit Tampa. That would give Tampa almost a week off. Yeah, it would give yeah, them exactly a week off at least. Yeah. So that could be a huge thing. And, you know, just more time for Braden Point uh, to more get back. At the uh, beach. Let's move. Perfect time of year for the Bolts. Yeah. Jeez. Um, the St. Louis Blues and the Colorado Avalanche. It's been a highly entertaining series. And obviously um, it, it came with, I, I don't even know if it was that controversial, to be honest. I, I watched the replay numerous times. I, I, I don't think Kadri, you know, purposely ran into Bennington. You know, he initiated the contact with the defenseman. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, now he has received a let, supposedly from the NHL, some, some death threats, obviously blues fans calm down. Hey, I understand it's hockey, but I don't think there's any need to go to go that far. But what did you make of the play? And is Bennington, who'd been playing great, is his loss now uh, too much for the Blues to overcome? Well, to answer the second one first, I don't think it's too much to overcome just because Vili Huso was the better goalie in the regular season. He struggled in the first couple games against Minnesota. It's been all Bennington since. I think the one thing that caught my eye watching that game when he entered against the abs was that he seemed like he was a little wide eyed, um, seemed a little bit nervous and jittery. Um, so he's, he's going to have to try and overcome that and, and get back to the regular season form that he showed. There's a lot riding on the line for Billy Huso. his stock has dropped a little bit. These playoffs pending unrestricted free agent. There's a number of teams out there that have had Billy Huso circled on their list in terms of trying to get him this summer. Um, and, so they're in they're in fine hands with Bennington out. And and by the way, not for nothing, Charlie Lindgren is their uh, emergency guy that came up, the third guy on emergency recall. He'll be backing up um, Vili Husso for the time being as the Blues ruled Bennington out for the series. And Mike McKenna, just for a side note, in case he ever gets there, he said Charlie Lindgren was the best third goalie in the entire NHL this season. So... Uh, they're, you know, they're in decent shape. Um, and it's nice to have that organizational depth, you know, to be able to go to a guy like Huso, who is your, your game one starter now at this point in the series, what do I make of the play? If it was JT Comfer that ran into Jordan Bennington and, and not Nazem Kadri, we, we'd probably never talk about it again. It's player circumstance. Um, you know, everyone says, well, he didn't have any real intent to run into Jordan Bennington, but uh, he knew exactly what he was doing. And I'm like, huh? How does that work exactly? <laughs> like if you were trying to run him over, then you, you just would. It's kind of like the same way I see the Milan Lucic, you know, collision with Mike Smith. If Milan Lucic was going to run over Mike Smith, he would have absolutely plastered him through the end boards. He didn't. Yeah. No, so I agree. The reason Lucic gets tossed and gets the five minute major and game misconduct is because player and place. The score was out of hand. There's less than 10 minutes or 10 minutes left in a in a game that's sort of, you know, gone by the wayside already. 
take him out of it and, and game management for the officials. You know what I mean? You know, that's one less player causing trouble that they need to worry about. If he just go parks himself in the, in the dressing room for the last 10, 11 minutes with Kadri, it's just, it's way overboard. You know, I hate to see the death threats. I hate to see the racist comments, um, everything that's followed since it's, you know, we've made a lot of strides in our game in terms of trying to make the game a better place and and to have that stuff pop up just unacceptable flat out and i think no suspension was the right call and and can we talk for a second about jordan bennington the biggest fake tough guy in the nhl like here's a guy who is constantly trying to get in the mix waving his stick you know just above and beyond rambunctious on the ice trying to get in people's kitchen and yet he never actually fights. He never actually does anything. And so to throw the water bottle at Kadri from a distance while he's leaving the arena or leaving the series while Kadri's doing his his post-game interview on TNT, like, come on. If you want to actually do something, then go do it. Don't throw a water bottle. It's like, who throws a shoe? Who does that? <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I would agree with you, Frank. Um, the the pretender thing uh, with, with Bennington, I've seen him um, get upset a lot. But uh, a few guys, I think it was Devin Dubnik one game against the San Jose Sharks last year when Dubnik kind of came over. And, and Dubnik's a big dude. And uh, basically, you just saw him say something and then, you know, Bennington doesn't do anything. So like Ray Emery. Ray Emery was tough goalie, oh, yeah. right? Like Ray Emery, heck, Ray Emery fought tough, like legit tough guys for goodness sake. There are so. a few people, Jay, that I've actually been a f- like nervous around and Ray Emery is one of them because I yeah. had a few run-ins with him, you know, where he was critical of something I wrote or said and he just, he was a scary dude. <laughs> Yeah. Well, but uh, you know what? He, he backed it up though. Right. Like it's, oh, he that's, was, that's he, why I he, was, that's why I was nervous. Cause yeah. he, he actually was a legit real tough guy. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So, um, you know, it is, a, it is a huge blow for the blues for sure, but, uh, you're right. I, I think there is a, at some point, um, if, Hey, if you want to be the toughest goalie in the league, great. Well then at some point you got to back it up. Um, so, so either, yeah, uh, less talk, more action is where I'm at. Yeah. But now I, I I didn't see the interview. I I, I, well, I saw the clip of it. I didn't see it live. But like, how close was the water bottle? I don't Did think it was really- that close. And I don't even think yeah. it was full. But the point yeah. is, like, who? why even do it at all? Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not going to do anything else. So, I, I mean, I've been um, in that arena a bunch, you know, spent a lot of time there. That hallway is it's not very long. The, yeah. the, the space between the abs room and the blues room you know, it's not much more than, you know, 75, 80 feet. Like you, you could have, you want to say, if you want to do something, get in his face, say something, throw a water bottle and to do it while he's on TV. I I just, I don't know. I don't get it. And I would have fined him. Yeah. Had they proven that it actually was him. I think that was the issue for the NHL is it was an alleged incident and there was, well, was there, was there a second chucker? (laughs) <laughs> That's what I'd like to know, Frank. Was there a second chucker for all of our Seinfeld fans? If you yeah. don't get that reference, it's a classic. Um, now, the uh, battle. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Alberta, where uh, both of us are uh, right now, uh, the, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, after a crazy game one that saw the most goals ever scored combined in a Battle of Alberta game, 15. The previous record was 12. Uh, the most goals against Edmonton had ever allowed in a playoff game against Calgary. A uh, previous was six. Then it was up to nine. Uh, but since since really the first 10 minutes of game two, the Edmonton Orders have thoroughly dominated the Calgary Flames for the last, uh, you know, five and a half periods. They like game three, Frank was, was Edmonton. They haven't had a good start. They had a good start. They outshot him. What? 20 to seven, I think in the, in the first period and, and they just kept going. And then obviously in the second period, their top line took the game over uh dry settle sets an NHL record for most assists in one period with four ties, the NHL record for most points in a period with four Kane gets a natural hat trick. I think it was seventh fastest all time. McDavid uh, who came into the game averaging, 2.21 points per game increases his points per game uh, with a three point uh, evening and just some more um, ridiculous moves like his he's taken his game to such a new level. It's it's mind blowing to me. But what do you make of Matthew Kachuk's post game comments when he like to me, I think McDavid's clearly in their head when he says, well, they have one guy playing half the game. The funny thing is, Frank, um, the last two games. Connor McDavid's only played 20 minutes Zach a game. Hyman, who, why, why is he talking about Zach Hyman like that? Yeah, well, exactly. Hyman, like Dreisaitl, who's who's slowly getting healthier, you can tell. Uh, he even joked in a press conference saying, hey, I'm finer, because uh, it earlier said he was fine. Like, that comment, there's no doubt that McDavid's dominating when he's on the ice. But, you know, you look at look at Mike Smith's play the last two games outside of the first 10 minutes of, of, of game two. Like, he, the, the orders have, they've taken one of Calgary's biggest strengths away in this series, Frank, in the last two games. Their defenseman engaging up in the rush and starting the rush is non-existent. And that was one of their fortes all season. It's not just that. It's also the fact that they basically had to sit back and, and especially in game three, their forecheck was really soft. Because they had to sit back out of deference to McDavid and Dreisaitl and Kane and what they've been able to do. That line has been insane. It's it's really changed the series. You and I talked about a postgame after game three. Just you know, to think that the Oilers are in this spot, 
having this stacked three-headed monster super line together with Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Kane, all because Mikey Anderson contorted Leon Dreisaitl in the Kings series. If if Dreisaitl's not injured, there's probably, what, a 5% chance that Jay Woodcroft would have put Dreisaitl and McDavid together on the same line and then to bump Kane up there to start game two. Um, it's changed everything in this series. Those three players, you know, they've combined for 55 points in 10 games. You've got the two leading point getters and then Kane, who leads the playoffs and goals. And the Flames have had to change their game. You know, Jay Woodcroft, we've talked about the Oilers' poor starts and how, you know, seven out of nine playoff games to start, they had been no good in the first few minutes, first period. They were able to set the tone, dictate the style and pace of play, and that's a fine. Yeah, sorry, buddy. Jeez, my mother, what the hell is she doing? (laughs) How dare her call her son? God, God. I shot my ringer off. So, but you know what? It is... uh, it is fascinating to me to see like Connor McDavid is doing something that we haven't seen really since Lemieux and Gretzky, right? But it's He's more, got 20- what I'm saying is it's more than just one player. Oh, like, I agree. 19 yes. points in 10 games. He's always going to be Malkin to Crosby, but he's been almost, and to do it on one leg, it might be as impressive as what we're seeing from McDavid. Oh, I, I agree with you. Like I, th- that's why I think it, it, the mental battle of the playoffs, it, it becomes such a mental thing at times. And if Calgary's worried so much about one player, that to me, they're in their head. Now I get you got to respect Connor McDavid, no question. And you have to be leery of him. And, and he's he's a highlight reel right now. It's we we've watched Connor McDavid. I've watched him every game for seven years. I've never seen him play at this level. Like I know people are like, oh, I should have won the heart. This Connor McDavid wasn't this guy in the regular season. He was still very good. But first of all, it's a regular season award. It has nothing to do with the playoffs. But he is he has taken his game to such a high level, Frank. And it's and it's every shift. Like every time he gets the puck right now. You can just see like there was one shift in the third period. McDavid had the puck and the Calgary players. It's almost like they're, they're in fear now. And I understand it because his lateral mobility in the series and how he's, he goes to the right quickly cuts back guys are in the right position and he's still just flat out beating them. It's amazing. He also seems like he's using more of the ice, doesn't he? Especially in the offensive zone. It feels like he's, you know, not afraid to go and play a little bit higher at even strength to, you know, utilize whatever space he can find. Well, he loves winding that up, right? Like now Patrick Kane, I thought was always the best at that. Kane would circle high in the offensive zone in Chicago. And then guys would just be fearful because it sucks some guys up higher. And McDavid's so fast, guys can't stick with him. If he's if he starts walking, you know, six feet in front of the blue line from going across whichever side of the boards he's going to the other side, there's no one that can stick with him. And all of a sudden now other guys are like, well, geez, I gotta step up. And it, it creates it creates so many issues. Um and it it was interesting watching the first period that Edmonton controlled. They didn't score, but the like they had all their lines going. And and even though like they're they're relying a lot on seven forwards right now, even if they've dressed twelve, you know, you look at the, their eight through twelve forwards, or you know, they're playing anywhere from you know nine or ten minutes anyway down to six. Like they're really Hyman, Nugent, Hopkins, McDavid, Drysaddle, Kane, Yamamoto. You know, those are the guys they're relying on, and um. I, I do wonder if, if if now for Edmonton, if they win the series short, well, then it doesn't matter. You can get some rest. But I do wonder if if eventually you need to have a few more guys, at least in double digits. Cup check time for the Flames in game four. It really is. Yeah. 
Like I, I, I think that's what it McDavid getting to the level he's been at is there are no words, but I think I'm more surprised about how the flames have sort of abandoned their approach. That's been so successful all year. What we saw in game three was not a typical Daryl Sutter team. And part of that's because of how good the Oilers have been and how they've forced them to do that. But in the, you know, you know, the playoffs is a battle of wills. How do the, how do the flames get back to that? And can they do it in game four? It's going to be incredibly hostile in Rogers place. It's going to be, you know, the Oilers have a, a real chance here and a chance to show Mike Smith talked about this after game three, a chance to show some real maturity, mm-hmm. a, a chance to show that they've learned a lesson being up to one against the Kings. They have an opportunity here to make life pretty easy for themselves and they win. They go up three to one and they're going to be in a great spot. Yeah. Yeah. Smith went out of his way to mention. That. I don't even ask him about how in game four, maybe the worst game of the playoffs against the LA Kings, that they just didn't take advantage of that and shortening series and giving your team more rest can be huge in the long run. So uh, I would expect Edmonton to have a much better game. Same with Calgary, but even when Calgary's playing well, Jacob Markstrom played really well, Frank. And then after 40 minutes, he still allowed four goals. And I'm not sure any, like none of them were bad goals. Like the last nine goals Edmonton scored. I don't think any of them, I look and say, geez, Markstrom should have had that one. Yes, so Sutter pulls him at the end of the second, and I understand the timing of it. He said he didn't want to put uh, Dan Vladar in that late, you know, without having the opportunity to stretch. So he wanted to give him the intermission. But is is pulling Markstrom an admission from the Flames? Even though I don't, I'm with you. Like if if Markstrom didn't play as well as he did in the first period, it's seven nothing or eight nothing. But the way that the Oilers have been get been able to get to Markstrom. Since he joined the Flames, that's, I think, 14 games now, and I think his save percentage is 870 against the Oilers. At what point does that become a thing, or is it a thing already? And also, does Jacob Markstrom regret not signing with the Oilers? And do the Oilers, do they not regret not signing him? Well, when you consider... um you know, last year with Mike Smith, Edmonton made the playoffs. Calgary didn't. And uh, this year, uh, Mike Smith now is uh, is ahead of Jacob Markstrom and he makes one third the price. So I think most people would say, hey, straight up, they, they think Markstrom's a better goalie. Look at his regular season numbers. And that's totally valid. Uh, you know, Mike Smith, uh, as Jay Woodcroft pointed out numerous times yesterday, Frank, he's only played 28 games and now it's 10, it's 38. And he kept reinforcing the 63. Like Jay Woodcroft likes to subtly put in a little mental warfare where he's just talking about well, 63 and where and tear and wear and tear and so that was also to combat the narrative that was out there you know earlier in the series saying that mike smith was tired yeah i didn't i didn't ever buy into that like the guy hasn't played like he can play every second game like it's not a it's not a big deal well it was also like every second day at some point one of the local media members here tweeted it out six minutes into game two like no one's tired six minutes into a game i'm sorry even 41 no No, no chance. I, I was, especially they'd had, they had days off between game seven and game one, right? Like that three days off. So I don't, uh, yeah. Fatigue to me, you can have a bad night and it has nothing to do with fatigue. It's going to, that's happen, always right? the concern with Smith, isn't it? That he is just going to have a Mike Smith night that blows up like game one did. Yeah, but he also has so many good nights. But it's funny, you talked earlier about Carolina. I think people focus on on Mike Smith's one bad puck handling hint skill here. Or, or you know, maybe there's a night where he looks like he's flopping all around and not making saves. But then for the next eight games, he plays great. 
but everybody just waits for it. Not everybody. Some people just wait for the one mistake. So it is, uh, it is because if you look at his numbers, his numbers have been excellent over the last two years at Edmonton. And at $2 million, Frank, it's one of the best bargains for the amount of value you get in how he plays to what you pay him. It's actually been a really good bargain. He, he has. And, and Jay, the other part of it too is he's changed the narrative in the series. The way he was able to play in game two, the way he played in game three, like it's unfortunate the way that it, you know, it went with the concussion spotter yanking him from the game. He, my guess is he has a real good shot at, at getting a shutout in game three if he stays in the game for the full time. Um, but he doesn't. And now people are asking questions about Jacob Markstrom, not about Mike Smith today. Yeah, it's uh Tuesday night in Edmonton, it's going to be a crazy crowd, man. Uh, people in Edmonton, uh, they were celebrating a lot, as they should. It's a long weekend Sunday in uh, in Alberta yesterday, so the, I'm sure there's a few hangovers yeah. in Edmonton today. And uh, hey, one guy who, I don't know, maybe he is or maybe he isn't, uh, Tyler Remchuk uh, will join us now as uh, on, on the Monday edition of the pod. Ty, how you doing? Fantastic, Jay. Frank and I are in studio together, so you can't see me, but you can see my hand here. Hello. Um, but ready for another edition of Buy or Sell. I don't have my ding dong button loaded up here, but Buy or Sell is still brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. Promo code RUNDOWNDD gets you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order. Ding dong. Ding dong. We there saw Liam in person as well. It was great to hang out with him. But then Which, that's all you said to him. Yeah. You're like, where's Liam? Ding dong. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Uh, legend. He is. All right, let's jump into it. I'm doing an off-season edition of Buy or Sell, giving some love to those fan bases who don't have any hockey to watch anymore or don't get to watch their favorite team, I should say. Uh, looking ahead to free agency. I know it feels like it's probably a year away right now, but still, a couple of teams that I got my eye on. I'm going to say the Ottawa Senators find a way to make a big splash in free agency this summer. Frank, you buying or selling that? I'm buying. I think this is where the rubber meets the road for the Sens in their rebuild. I think they're looking at potentially trading that number seven overall pick in the Ooh. draft. Uh, that has popped up in conversation in recent days. And they they just need veteran players that can help get that team trending in the right direction. They've got young players and really good ones at every position. Their defense is going to be a little bit stronger as some of those guys continue to take a step. They finally got a little bit better goaltending with Anton Forsberg settling things down in a big way. And I don't know. I just think the Sens, it's it's a long leap. And we saw how big the gap is between teams, non-playoff teams and playoff teams in the East. But I think they're going to be pretty aggressive in trying to spend a little bit to find the right veterans that can complement the young players they have. Hmm. I would agree that that's what they need. Um, if they're, I hope they don't go big game hunting in for agency because usually that, uh, that ends up uh, not working out well for your team. I, I think if Ottawa is going to be involved in free agency, they need to be, they need to be quiet on day one and then strike on day two and three when the prices aren't uh, overinflated and you can get uh, more bargain deals. Fair enough. Another team going to the complete opposite side of the continent, more or less, the Seattle Kraken. I think that's a team who could maybe be uh, itching to make a big splash after their inaugural season and go too well. Jason, you buying or selling on the Kraken being big players in free agency this summer? Well, I, I think that was part of their plan. When you look back at their draft, I, I think their draft wasn't, and they'll never come out in a minute, but I don't think their draft was ever built that they were going to be highly successful in year one. I think this was more of the long-term play. But if you weren't going to go out and get Vladdy Tarasenko for nothing, 
last summer. Why are you suddenly going to go out the, the year later and get free agents? I think Seattle's going to be more involved in trades where they're going to take on some, as teams are going to try to dump some salaries and they're going to get a few more prospects with it and they'll take some guys. That's where I think I see Seattle more involved to use their cap space to take trades with guys who have one or two years left and to get more draft capital. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sell as well. I think free agency would be just about the last thing this team needs. It's going to be all about the draft for that team. You got to hit on your picks. Looks like they've got a few good ones already. Matty Beniers is, I think, going to be a star. Um, to get his feet wet in the NHL has been really important. But free agency? Why? I mean, you're you're three, four, five, six years away from really having a competitive team on the ice. and they don't, they don't need to spend money to do it. They can utilize, as you said, and wield their cap space in a way that they can acquire assets and picks to, to get better that way. Well, uh, Frank, speaking of drafting, right in their own backyard, the Seattle Thunderbirds have so many good young prospects. Like um, Seattle's, Seattle's, I, I looked at teams like you got to be able to draft well in your backyard. For many years, the Edmonton Orders, there was guys that were right in El- Alberta. Colton Pareko is a really good instant uh, example and others where they didn't draft well right close to home. I know you have to scout everywhere in the world, but my goodness, if you shouldn't get beat in your own backyard, I'm very curious to see what Seattle scouting is going to be and, and how this draft's going to approach when they have a team right there that's got a, a lot of good guys and, and not just them, but the Western League uh, specifically. So I'm going to be very curious how their drafting goes. Yeah, I would say their amateur scouting has been good. Their pro scouting has left a lot to be desired. Hmm. All right. uh, Third one I got for you. News earlier this week that Brian Rust got a new deal with the Pittsburgh Penguins, which was certainly surprising. Uh, Just based off that, I'm going to say one of Chris Letanger of Genny Malkin will be in a different jersey next season. Frank, you buying or selling? The, would, the tough part is the Rust deal is actually pretty team friendly, honestly. Yeah, it it, it ended up being a, a pretty decent value. I can tell you that there were a few teams that were really disappointed that he didn't make it to market. And I heard some teams talking, hey, we'd be willing to give this guy six and a half. They thought, you know, a point per game producer thereabouts um, this season ranked 45th in points per game. Uh, had a, you know, a couple injury concerns, but I don't think, you know, anything that correlates to any sort of uh, long-term issue. And um, I'm going to buy, I'm going to say Evgeny Malkin is the odd guy out. Ooh. I think the pens have sort of circled Chris Letang as their, their guy that they really can't replace elsewhere. And I just think when you take Latang and whatever he's going to make probably starts with a seven and you take, Rust with his five and change, that's 12 something. How much is left for Evgeny Malkin? Um, you've got some other guys to sign. You got to take care of, you know, Evan Rodriguez, for instance. Do they go after any other free agents? Um, I I think Latang is the guy. I think he's the next guy for sure. All right. It's a good question. I'm actually uh I'm going to sell. I think they both come back and here, here's why. Rust got a $1.6 million raise. Um, you, you mentioned uh, Chris Letang. If it starts with a seven, that's basically what he's making now. Uh, I don't think of Jenny Malkin. He's talked openly about like, you know, he's making 9.5. I, so I think his next salary, even if it's two or three years, is, is going to be a pay cut. Um, I think they're going to let Kasperi Kapanen walk. They're not going to qualify him. So there's 3.2. Brian Rust takes half of it. If the other, if, if Malkin takes less, they actually have more cap space. You know, uh, Rodriguez is the one name, Frank, and that's a good one on, you know, what kind of raise, how much will he get? 
You know, he's had, this is obviously his breakout season, but uh, Pittsburgh has a history of being able to get guys to, to, to not have to, uh, they don't overpay guys. So I think they're going to keep both of them. And I think ultimately Malkin wants to stay there. Uh, Crosby said three more years. I could see Malkin signing a two or three year deal. All right, we're going to wrap it up with a bonus question, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada, live now in Ontario. Uh, last night at the Battle of Alberta game, I was just walking around the concourse, like a lot of little kids there, and I was like, oh, that is so cool if this is like your first playoff game as a young hockey fan. My first playoff memories were of the 06 Cup run for the Oilers. I remember my dad taking me to game six of the Stanley Cup final. I remember when they beat Detroit. That was like the first like hockey fan moment for me. So my question for you guys, dig back in the memory bank. As a kid, what was your first playoff hockey memory, Frank? It was in the 95, 96, 97 range for the Flyers. That was when I really got into it. Uh, the Flyers had some really good teams then, led by Eric Lindros. You know, he won the heart in 95. And, um, man, they had some heartbreak, too. Like, that team was the heavy favorite against the Detroit Red Wings in 97. And they got swept. A choking situation as their their head coach, Terry Murray, called it. And uh, that was really, you know, I can remember like wearing a Flyers jersey to school and, um, you know, all that stuff. The town was just on fire with the team getting to the final again. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's that's sort of right in, in that wheelhouse. Jay? Uh, as a kid, I, I never went to any uh, playoff games live. Um, I, we did have a few regular season games I got to go to, but uh, don't ever recall a playoff game. So mine were more watching at home. Um, and, and really, uh, I have to say, uh, as a young kid, I was a big Hartford fan. Um, and and yeah. growing up in Edmonton, obviously, I was an Edmonton fan. But um, 1986 was like a crushing year for me. That's when Claude Lemieux... God, I hate him uh, when he scored in overtime against the Whalers. And that was also the same year Steve Smith had the own goal. So I learned uh, I learned a lot of heartbreak as a young kid that uh, things don't necessarily go your way in game seven. But uh, I, that's really kind of what I remember. And then the next year was the uh, the Islanders and Washington Capitals. I still remember my parents let me stay up late to watch. And it was four overtime periods. I didn't cheer for either team, but I just thought it was so cool as a kid that I got to watch the entire game. Uh, and that was really where I was like, wow. Playoffs are awesome. Well, you want to hear now that you guys were talking about, it, I, I totally, this jogged my memory and I forgot. And if my dad's listening, I'm still mad at this. I got punished at some point. We had tickets to, to the cup final and I got punished. I was supposed to go to the game and I, I don't know if I talked back or said something or did something <laughs> that was wrong. And my mom was like, that's it. You're not going. And not only that, but she wouldn't even let me watch game one in Philly of the Stanley cup final against the wings. And I was just absolutely beside myself. You're getting choked up right now talking about it. Yeah. (laughs) I I cried for like two days. Oh, geez. That's that's harsh, man. That is rough. Philly parenting. It's tough stuff. (laughs) Tough stuff. Got the old wooden spooner belt every now and again, too. (laughs) All right. That's going to do it for another edition of Biracell delivered by our friends at DoorDash. Ding dong. Hey, Frank, quickly before we go, um, uh, there is there's a few coaching vacancies in the National Hockey League. Is the Dallas Stars the uh, um, the most intriguing uh, or or the best available coaching job in your eyes? I don't. Or is it still Vegas? I would go Vegas, Winnipeg, Dallas. Winnipeg over Dallas. 
I just think that team massively underperformed. I, I think they, the, I mean, how many times am I going to flog myself for it? But picking that team to win the cup, there's something there. I don't know what happens with their core. I don't know who's back and who isn't. But whoever gets that job has enough pieces, Kyle Connor, Connor Hellebuck, to have a massive turnaround in short order. Yeah. Wow. That's fair. I just look at Jake Ottinger and Miro Heiskanen and the, you know, like now John Klingberg might be leaving. So that's obviously but a blow on the holes. back end. Yeah. Well, they're, they are they're, older, they're but they got line team. They're like, yeah, they, well, Roberts they need some more youth guys, but I think, I think they've got potential there. And I, I like that team. I just, when you got a goaltender like Jake Ottinger, the way he played and his coming out party, that that's a game changer for sure. So um, I almost like Dallas, like you speak of old, like Vegas, like the thing about Vegas is, man, if you go in there, there's that might be the least job security of all the jobs. Um, I mean, I guess you're you're still going to get a decent contract. Oh yeah, um, Barry Trotz going to Vegas? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't see it. But um, it's still Winnipeg still makes sense to me. I'm I'm curious who else steps up. By the way, what do the Bruins do with Bruce Cassidy? That was one of the oddest press conferences ever with Cam yeah. Neely. Certainly. Little to no support. Are the Bruins, they, they've got to be an attractive opening, do they not? Well, yeah, if they make that move, right? And and I think if they do, Frank, it would likely come just like Vegas. Usually they like NHL in the playoffs. They like to do it on, you know, when this in-between series starting and ending. So who knows? Maybe after round two, there'll be an announcement. What, a, what an odd scenario for the Flyers to be in and that of all the openings, they might they might be the least attractive. Yeah, I still see. I don't know. I, I think Philly's got a lot of pieces. I'd like to know what happened there. Like they should have been better. So that'll be our off season. Cause to me of all the teams, like the Islanders and the Flyers, I think were one and two, as far as the most disappointing regular season teams, Detroit, I, I would be interested in, in Detroit. Oh yeah. Hey, those got more guys, Cider, the man. guys, they've got cider Raymond, yeah. you know, more coming. Um, Delkovich had a pretty decent year. I think he's got another step as they, you know, begin to to work their goalie prospects through. And I don't know, uh, the Red Wings, I think if you can harness some of that talent, you know, they've got a chance. You got a chance to be in that job for a really long time. Frankie, we will uh, see you later at the rink. Uh, enjoy the uh, the daily face off uh, offices here in uh, in Edmonton as you tour around. Uh, have some fun and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.